in de hoofdstad Santiago. Maar omdat het erg onrustig is in Chili... heeft de regering besloten zich terug te trekken als gastheer. Uit protest tegen het economische beleid van president Piñera... gingen de afgelopen weken duizenden Chilenen de straat op. De onlusten kosten aan zeker 15 mensen het leven. In de haven van Vlissingen is meer dan duizend kilo cocaïne gevonden door de douane. De drugs werden door speurhonden ontdekt in dozen tussen bananen die uit Ecuador kwamen. Die bananen waren onderweg naar een bedrijf in Heer Hugo Waard. Dat heeft niets met de smokkel te maken. De cocaïne, die inmiddels vernietigd is, heeft een straatwaarde van minstens 35 miljoen euro. Er is nog niemand aangehouden. Een 38-jarige man uit Voerendaal is tot zes jaar cel veroordeeld... wegens seksueel geweld tegen 15 vrouwen in Maastricht. De rechtbank heeft hem schuldig bevonden aan één verkrachting... twee pogingen daartoe en twaalf gevallen van aanranding. Hij viel door de mand toen hij een lokagenten aanrande en mishandelde. En dan nog het weer. Vannacht onbewolkt met lokaal wat nevel of een mistbank. Minima van 3 graden aan de Zeeuwse kust tot min 3 in het binnenland. Morgen opnieuw een zonnige, frisse dag. Tot zover het Radio Nieuws.
Hello and welcome back to another Student Radio Maastricht episode. This is Luna and Sachit on the tech. And today we're back into our episode we did a couple of weeks ago on AI art. So the song you were listening to pretty much summarizes why we're back here today talking about AI. It's just this fascination or excitement and somewhat strangement that everyone kind of feels about AI. And after the conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like we hadn't discussed everything that I wanted to discuss. So we're coming back with it again. And uh, the song that you were listening to is called In the House of Poetry by Skyger. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. S-K-Y-G-G-E featuring Kiri Christmanson. And it was created by a human. So Skyger is a human person behind it w- with collaboration with an AI. And uh, yeah, he was basically creating this thing in um, inspired by this project called Flow Machines and they deal with AI music creation in collaboration with musical artists and on the track of that of AI and collaborating with different people and arts and so on we have here today two special guests so we have Jerry Spanakis sitting by my side and Mary van Vollenoven to pronounce that correctly Mary it's okay <laughs> okay it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah they're here with us to talk about their own project which also involves AI and so on which is called uh, Infinity Games so yeah would you mind ta- explaining a bit more about the project and what is it that you do with it who uh, Jerry or me whoever feels like it I think Marie can do better yeah. <laughs> I, c- I can start so um, I created a, a, a platform a website which has a composition tool a sort of a game you can make visual compositions with it and also include writing and adding pictures from collections and it's actually growing all the time so you can do multiple things mm-hmm. and when I created this tool together with the developer I work with a lot um, I came up with the idea already before I created the tool actually uh, that I'm so interested in visual composition and when I make it I always wonder about the logics behind it. Mm -hmm. How does it come to existence and why do people like certain images? And uh, I had this interest in AI already for a long, long time. And then I got this opportunity to work together with uh, in a science project. Mm -hmm. And um, so I addressed the university and I got in contact with um, Garrett uh, Weiss and Jerry Spanakis mm-hmm. and we set up a project, like a research project, and um, to make um, or generate many pictures mm-hmm. and I should judge them and then the computer should learn uh, why I like certain pictures over others. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was kind of the start and uh, Jerry could tell you more about the technical details, but that was from my side, my interest to, to learn about how it actually functions, why mm-hmm. I like something or why people like something. Mm-hmm. So basically we're exploring harmony and how, what is harmony? How can people... That's what one it? of the essential questions, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe behind that essential question is um, not only why, um, how it works or why we like it, mm-hmm. but if that's maybe the true nature of, of everything in nature to, to get to a certain per- point of harmony. Mm-hmm. That, that goes deep and uh, yeah, <laughs> this is just the start of the... It's bringing out the big so guns. <laughs> It's like universal harmony. That's the philosophy meaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always good. Always good. And uh, yeah, could you explain then now on the scientific side how that works? And how can you create harmony, understand harmony on the computer perspective? 
Yeah, sure. So yeah. from let's say the computer science perspective, mm -hmm. the challenge was that you know when you see a visual composition as a human, you say, oh, I like it. I don't like it that much. So we wanted exactly to quantify this. Uh, I like it or I don't like it. Um, and yeah, modern machine learning methods work with lots of data, so they really need to uh, see lots of these images, compositions, in order to start learning if actually you can quantify this concept of harmony. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, as Marie mentioned, we started collecting data not only from here, uh, but also from people around the world to see how people perceive uh, compositions, black and white compositions with different shapes and if we can quantify that. Mm -hmm. um, we experimented, yeah, because we are researchers with different uh, types of algorithms. Um, but in the end, we focused on, let's say, traditional feature extraction techniques. So looking at uh, composition, visual composition, what kind of features can you extract? And some of these, uh, we have a long list of them, but some of these include like a uh, number of shapes, which are specific shapes, the colors, the ratio of black and white, um, characteristics like yeah, how the bounding of features uh, of the shapes affects the composition, um, rules like the two-thirds, if you split the image into two-thirds and you can see what kind of area is covered by that and yeah, many, many, many more. Um, and in then, yeah, I guess we managed the best results we got is to, let's say, have a machine learning system that identifies 80% of the cases if mm -hmm. a composition is harmonic or not, based on the input from, I think, Marie in that case. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the projects. Uh, the second project also uh, under the Infinity Games umbrella, uh, they were led by Adam Vander. He was a student in our department. Um, the second project went a bit further and took the um, moved away from visual compositions and went to a musical composition. So we wanted to yeah target that domain, which is more challenging, of course. There are many works in artificial intelligence and music, but we wanted to explore something new uh, from the science perspective. So we experimented with um, generative adversarial networks, and we want to see if actually uh, music, first of all, can be represented in a continuous space, mm -hmm. same way as images are represented. And also because uh, Adam was the perfect guy to work in this project because he also has a music background. Mm -hmm. So he was able to apply all this uh, music theory related metrics into evaluating the generated songs. Um, their results were not that good as to, I guess, replicating Marie's uh, <laughs> judgment of compositions, but still that they were useful you know from the scientific perspective like which measures should be used for evaluating a song generated by ai and how you can uh, use them further so these were the two small say, scientific purely scientific projects set up with the collaboration of marie yeah uh, maybe it's a good beginning you know i think it can have a, a next phase <laughs> at least i would like to see that happening yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, last episode we were talking a lot about AI and music and there's quite a lot of very impressive things out there. Mm. And uh, I think there's always space, more room for improvement, but it's quite, yeah, I was amazed by it. Mm. I didn't really expect it to be at that point already. So, well. <laughs> yes, as for our research, mm. one of the problems was not enough data. So. Mm. I learned from that and so for if I would proceed on uh, on the visual side but maybe also on the musical side uh, I'm first gonna um, set up some some app that's really 
uh, approachable for an audience broad across the world that works a bit better than a survey, maybe more in this uh, form of a game, a mini game where you can collect a lot of data in a short amount of time and then maybe go back to the department and, uh, and go further with it with more data. Yeah. Get better but, results. But I see that on your website, you already have a sort of a game where you ask people to form harmonic shapes, uh, harmonic pictures, or non-harmonic pictures, and so on. Did not enough people participate? Or yeah, for the survey, not enough. And uh, for the game itself, um, it's it's also just a tool for creation, and then we don't collect data. Mm. So the the survey is to collect data. Yeah. And um, oh, I learned a lot from it, and I think the the game itself now is for desktop and tablet. And I'm talking with the developer to make maybe a little app for mini games uh, that relate to it, but are a bit different to really, really gather data. Like people would have to instantly choose between two shapes, or instantly choose between compositions, or very fast make their own one. So you can really quickly see how their their um, intuitive behavior is when they compose something visually. That's my idea, and also maybe some uh, questions about music, what you prefer. So I'm still uh, in uh, close contact with Adam all the time to discuss new ideas. So, yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. And do you think at some point you could even uh, go towards this collaboration thing? So you have someone who's starting to do a painting maybe and then AI influences a bit and then human influences a bit more and go up like that? Oh, yes, for sure. That would be one of the outcomes possible. Yeah, yeah. I see that happening. Yeah. I have a question for Marie here. Mm, you say that um, you, you're looking at, uh, you know, the uh, whether images are harmonic or not. But uh, how do you what wh what do you mean by uh, an image being harmonic, harmonious? What what is the criteria here? Uh, yeah, the criteria is of course uh, vague because uh, for yeah. everybody it's different, and that's also one of the things we're researching. Yeah. So uh, for me, a harmonic picture is when it's in balance. So it can be a circle in the middle is always balanced for most people. But what if it's a more dynamic composition? You see that if the shapes are divided well over the surface. Uh, it can become rather harmonic because it's divided well, but some people will still experience that very busy and like un unresty picture and they won't like it. So, but if you just mainly look at if you think it's in balance and you ask people to choose between two dynamic pictures, which one is a bit more better organized than the other one, then they would choose probably the one that's most harmonic or most balanced. And I see also a bit of difference in, uh, in character or age. I experienced that young kids and uh, youngsters always like a lot of stuff happening around the image and other people like uh, a bit more to you know that relates to that they need peace of mind so <laughs> <laughs> maybe to to add two things here because I think Marie mentioned that yeah the the definition is vague maybe I can say it's maybe more than vague because <laughs> uh, when we were collecting data and we asked um, you know Marie to rate compositions um we were wondering about the consistency that you know if you see a composition now and you say okay it's very good what you're going to do next day or the day after yeah, and yeah. yeah. so That's we did some exactly re-ratings yeah. <laughs> we asked you to re-rate some compositions yeah, somebody else did it but <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah i think also adam told you that you're not consistent at all <laughs> <laughs> Something like this, but no. I think I think just the other uh, guy who did this was not consistent. I, th I think yeah. I was pretty. Yeah. Okay. Consistent. Maybe maybe that's true. Yeah. I don't remember correctly, but <laughs> in any case, also. I mean, you're in the room, so he's going to say that, right? I'm the artist in the room. <laughs> 
But I think it was also important <laughs> really? for the algorithm, right? Because what we did is that we used this re-rating uh, results from Marie in order to re-evaluate, let's say, what was her initial thought that this is a, a three out of five, but in the end we saw that it was not a three, it was maybe a 3.5 or mm-hmm. something. So that was an important part of the research project that we used some simulation to identify, okay, based on the re-ratings it did, how can we replicate that? Yeah. Um, and also the other point was that exactly we wanted to leave the definition of harmony vague because exactly if you ask somebody now, tell me the definition of harmony, uh, they won't come, come up with something concrete. So that's why we wanted to collect a lot of data in order to let those results uh, you know, speak for themselves. So, yeah. But you mentioned before that you managed to have an AI that could predi- have like a matching harmony rating that much h percent to marie how did that happen can you do you know what is it that the ai was looking for to get that result those results yeah so um i think maybe we have a long list of features which i mentioned but um i don't remember exactly now which were the most determining ones i don't know if you marie well, remember you, you can uh, the, the listeners can go to the website because the the presentation of that first part of the research is on there. Mm-hmm. If you go to infinitygames.xyz to uh, research and then scientific, you will see the paper of Adam and uh, the video presentation mm-hmm. and also now the paper of the music uh, research. So. Mm-hmm. That's and then you can read the list of features and also read what feature was most determined in the decision. Mm-hmm. Great, that's great. Um, also, you mentioned that you were using iGAN for the for the AI algorithm. Yeah, generative adversarial yeah. networks. Could you explain a bit more about that? Because I was talking about it last episode, but I wasn't quite sure if I had understood it or not. <laughs> I just wanted to yeah, check okay. that. Is iGAN challenging? Let, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna try here. <laughs> Can I do it in <laughs> one minute? Yeah, okay. Challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> So uh, actually, how we yeah how we explained yeah. also you know to students it, it used an example from uh, the arts domain. So you have somehow two models, two machine learning models that they compete with each other, uh, and w- one of them has the goal to generate let's say new data points that are as similar to the original ones. So let's say I get an image and I want to try to replicate it. Mm-hmm. That's what we call it the forger, let's say, in terms of yeah, art speaking. And then there's another network which tries to exactly do the opposite thing. So try to uh, determine if I can detect if that's an original or a fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are, of course, are competing each other. So this is how the um, uh, training of the model takes place. And in the end, if you just take the network that generates the images, you are sure that somehow these look like the original ones, mm-hmm. but they're also not the same ones because the network that tends to identify if it's original or fake also should be trained there. So yeah. that's very broad definition of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they have been applied yeah, to all different kinds of data with very good results. So, so it's kind of like the computer creates something and then it looks at that same thing that created a couple of minutes ago without re- recalling that they created it yeah, and so then analyzed tra- whether yeah, it was exactly. created Tra- Exactly, trying to learn from the original data yeah. uh, the exactly the distribution of this data. So how can, what, what can I learn about this data? It's uh, 
a model with no let's say external supervision so i just provide uh, data and learn from them and has many different extensions also uh, in, in our case we try to do it in an extensive way like generate music pieces that are uh, harmonic or not let's mm -hmm. say but uh, so in here you have a computer that is learning from humans and what is harmonic what's not what's art and that, to try to emulate what a human would but is there anything that the computer self has to teach humans about art did you did you get upon that uh, did you cross upon that within the project i, I wouldn't <laughs> say not yet <laughs> <laughs> but what do you mean exactly to what could the computer teach i don't know in terms of how you how you create things or even the harmony like maybe it's focusing on certain features so then you pay more attention to that and try uh, to yeah. create I things that what you addressed earlier that mm -hmm. would be a next step maybe mm -hmm. if we are further with the results you could say that the, um, the computer starts co-creating so you make a, an, a composition the computer would say well if you put the shape a bit to the right maybe the average opinion for people would like it better <laughs> something yeah. like this yeah. yeah I can imagine that okay yeah. because what I found interesting that from your project was a bit different from the projects that I was discussing last episode is that before what we were what we saw were AIs that would get be fed already made um, pieces of art and then sort of try to emulate that but slightly different but from what it sounds like what you're doing you're trying to make create an AI that can create something by itself without being fed already made pieces of art, right? That's true. Yeah, it generates mm -hmm. the, the pieces now also. Mm -hmm. um, if you wish, also in the game, you can uh, go to the generate button. And, um, but those are not per se harmonic yet. So that depends on if we ha get the computer that far to actually be able to to make that and we're not there yet so mm -hmm. i think you, you still need to feed it some data right that was to be impossible mm -hmm. also think humans right as i don't know babies as we learn mm -hmm. we need to explore stuff right we play with things around made messes and yeah that's how we learn so it's the same with the algorithm but i guess perhaps the challenging part is exactly how to make these new creations like uh, innovative right mm -hmm. new novel and not based on previous ones i think that's the challenge and that's i guess where the collaborative uh, the collaboration between the machine and the uh, the artists will mm -hmm. go in because the machine might propose something and the artist then might take it a step further and then there is this uh, let's say loop that actually mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. goes forward so we're not planning to replace artists or, you know, <laughs> any of these crazy ideas, but we plan to, yeah, work with artists. Yeah. And Although what I find really interesting in what Jerry says is that the model is kind of similar to a generative adversarial network, except once one half of it is human. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I could say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just one more question still on this theme, and then I'm going <laughs> to go to another topic. But do you think it would be possible at some point in the future, and if so, how long do you think that would take, for AI to create stuff, create art pieces, not mm, by emulating other art pieces, but by giving context? So, for instance, I don't know, pain, and you said a context in a certain time frame or a certain personality, and then the AI produces something that reflects that. Or is that too far-fetched? No. I, I think maybe they have already done it in a yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. then is that art, you know, <laughs> in the way that I guess we perceive it nowadays? Mm -hmm. Because 
Yeah, that there have been, you know, artworks, again, in quotes, created by AI models and they have been sold for crazy amounts in auctions and these cases. Yeah. But yes, of course, is that art? That's uh, yeah. a different question, right? Maybe Marie can say more. Yeah, what do you like, think, Marie? Well, the, the artists I looked into who work with AI always designed the, the AI. So the art pieces really have their signature. Mm. Uh, so I think that that will stay that way for a long time but um, if you would say okay I design something I give my signature and then the AI together with my algorithm developed with maybe Jerry or another AI scientist would um, create something to the topic of pain it would you know it would mm -hmm. have that that influence so yeah. but there is some groups of um, engineers or I don't know who created AI and then gave the copyright of the AI's creation to the AI already. I've heard of um, Ava, we were talking mm -hmm. about it last, uh, last episode. I think it was one of the first AIs to have that, so it owns thousands of different tracks that it created. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I find it quite kind of funny how that works. Yeah, I also I'm don't know how legal it is, because I think the last time <laughs> I checked okay. the intellectual property legal framework is mm -hmm. that um, in order to get the intellectual properties mm -hmm. of something, you need to have conscience. So, mm -hmm. I don't know if they manage to claim that this uh, machine has conscience, then... It yeah. would be a bit of a revolution, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let's look outside, I don't know. But, but yeah, last time I checked, no, so... But isn't it, even in Saudi Arabia, they had the first um, robot slash AI that was uh, given a citizenship? So it was declared uh, yes. as a uh, human. Yes. Of course, it's, yeah. it's 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 heading that way, but I don't know. Um, you you want you want some kind of um, satisfying answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, just just divagating. <laughs> so I I I do. For me, I'm curious also about it. Yeah. Like if if there would be some some AI making art, and what would it look like? Um, and maybe what I'm interesting also, I hope sometime with with my project and uh, more resources because uh, I need more funding, of course, to set up new stuff. But that it would be like this AI kind of um, with input of of humans, mm. and then um, if a lot of people make art pieces, the AI learns a lot and will start making their own art pieces, and it will be like this fully crazy mix up. I, I would imagine that that would be my uh, dream scenario. Yes, <laughs> yeah, to create together with the AI and to that it becomes fake who did it actually, and maybe it's also not important. Maybe like um, an age without ego would be a nice next step for for mankind. I would say it might be nice anywhere because I mean artists don't exist in a vacuum anywhere. I mean intellectual property is like okay whatever, yeah. but I mean machine learning comes from human learning, and we learn in a very I mean we we learn over time, right? So. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ask whether um, whether um, whether um, a neural network owns the things that it creates, you have to ask whether we own the stuff that we create because we have acquired Precisely. our learnings in a more or less similar manner. Yeah, over ages, like over, yeah, yeah, over thousands <laughs> of years of time. Or if if you if you wish uh, to see this way, maybe over uh, millions, thousands of years, if yeah. you take uh, evolution and universe into account. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I'm going to switch a bit of topic, or not really, because, uh, again, catching stuff from last episode and throwing it here. 
uh, we were talking a lot about um, how AI can produce music and visual arts and we had some games and pretty much, at least for my case, I could be fooled by AI a lot of times. So I would listen to something, I would see something, so, you know, that was definitely human and actually was an AI. And then I would see something else, it's like, no, no, that's definitely AI and then you would be human. And uh, yeah, that made me a bit pissed. But then I tried to find other stuff and I was looking into texts and poems uh, and whether that would fool me as well. And to a certain extent, I feel like it was less able to fool me because it's not um, as good as with uh, audio and um, pictures. And I was wondering why that is. But before we get there, um, I'm going to play a bit of a game here. Or maybe I can play the game. No, let's play the game before and then we talk about it. So I've... Um, I've selected uh, some text, or actually, so it's a web page that you you can log in. How is it called? I'm going to look it up here. So it's uh, um, bot poet, and basically it's sort of like a Turing <laughs> a test thing. Yeah. <laughs> Imaginative names. Yeah, and uh, so it presents us with many different poems, and we have to guess whether they're human or not. Okay. And from my experience, it's pretty much 50-50, which was already quite impressive, mm -hmm. given yeah. that my pre the previous text that I found that was AI made was not very convincing. But let's see how you do, and then we can talk about oh, it. <laughs> okay, are you ready for it? This is the first poem. I'm, I'm going to start reading. Okay. He viciously dislocates the novel. Gothic novel makes a star only, keeping. Like the descendant, swells as fragile. So human... Or non-human? Non-human. Non yeah, I'd say non-human too. Non-human. Okay, so bot. Let's check hi. That was correct. That was Ooh, quite yeah. good. <laughs> this was 76% of people said it was a bot and 24% said it was not. Okay. Okay, let's go for another one. I might touch myself. I do not want a formula. I want an ear. Cycle, sentences, pikes, the sounding thoughts. Just like making an ear. What through the invisible tunes Jack Delee rises, positive and solemn? What no to are reticent for stands seeming and apparent? I would go non-human again. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, it has a touch or flavor of non-human, but if it's human, I like it. So that's why, <laughs> I, that's why I go for human. If it's not <laughs> human, you would not like it then? Yeah, would you like it less if it was what? Um, no, I, I just like it. Okay. So that's why I hope it's human. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'll go with Marie's um, idea as well. I think it's human. Okay, so we have two votes for human. Let's see. No, that was an AI. Was no. An AI. Yes. I'm can, can I say something in between? Yeah. I think um, people also take over the the language of the technology. So um, we we started writing different when uh, typewriters came around. We started writing different when text uh, editing programs came around. And now with AI, with the uh, strange associations, we start writing that, like that too. Yeah, so I agree. before you know it, <laughs> we're one. <yeah. laughs> we're becoming no, AI ourselves. Yeah, well, maybe a bit in language. Yes, you, you take over more um, sooner than you think. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, I remember I had uh, even when I was thirteen or so, we had friends that would start saying like "internet slang" but live, so lol. Yeah. <laughs> but you're just talking to each other face to face, kind of weird. Mm. Okay, next one, last one, just so we can even out third poem. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I'm behind. Let's see, let's see. 
so far Jerry's winning right here. I mean, yeah. I guess that's why it's so good with coding. Yeah. <laughs> Indignant at the fumbling wits to obscure spite of her old pudding in his shop, I stumbled blind among the stones and thorn trees and the morning light until a curlew cried and in the luminous wind a curlew answered and suddenly thereupon I thought that on the lonely height where all are in God's eye there cannot be confusion of her sound forgot a single soul that lacks a sweet crystalline cry. I would go with humor on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Very boring poem. Me three, uh, human and not a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Internet's quite slow here. Great. I also think it's going to be human. Well, it's funny how you... It's human because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Must be human then. Because <laughs> AI is so creative. Oh, it's not... Oh, come on. Let's try again. It's a bug. My uh, my my blood pressure is rising. Okay, and that was correct. That's correct. Good. It was human. It was human. Yeah, this was si- overall there were sixty four people that said it was human, and thirty six people were fooled mm. and thought it was a bot. <laughs> but as we can see already, it's kind of more straightforward to understand whether it's human or not. And there are cases like you say that well, humans are kind of absorbed by AI culture and start typing in the same way, but there's hints there of humanity of some sort. I um, think it's a little diff- difficult with poetry, though, because poetry mm-hmm. is meant to be provocative, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you as a human a human poet, you might write something that is trying to, like, like Marie said, you know, yeah. you might even be consciously trying to sound non-human. And you might <clears throat> one one thing that I always listen for when we because we've done these, these games mm-hmm. before. One thing I look for is a level of abstract thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in human poetry, there's disjointed, you know, disjointed imagery, and then you don't know whether it's a human making disjointed imagery or an AI making a disjointed imagery. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes it difficult. Yeah, I agree. Poems was the was the one that I was a bit more tricky to to distinguish from one to the other when I was doing the research. And I think it's mostly because of what you say. But usually when I was reading like proper texts, you can clearly say it's not a human yeah. because you're just talking about something. And then suddenly, I don't know, plums. And you were talking about construction at some point and then just deviates and goes to a completely different topic. And then suddenly just random words there and it goes back to normal, which is rather funny to watch. I mean, you, we even watched the AI film, which is quite interesting. Cool. Maybe David Lynch is an AI. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't <laughs> be surprised, yeah. But yeah, Jerry, why would you say then that text is so much more complicated than sound and visual arts? Yeah, uh, I think it's because, you know, of what language is and what Mm -hmm. language uh, means for people or actually what people mean with the language. So, you know, when we look at images, uh, we see something that all people uh, understand at least the same way. If you change something in an image, a pixel or the intensity, then that still is a similar image to the original one. However, for text, first of all, you have the representation challenge how do you get what we write in the computer? Because all these have to be zeros and ones Mm -hmm. in the end. Um, And then, yeah, how do you represent this space? And then how do you understand this space? How do you make changes? So uh, add this to the fact that language, as we discussed a bit, is 
changing, is evolving, right? We have new words like retweet or, I don't know, bromance, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also that, of course, the, the different languages, right? So at least vision is common for most people or I hope it is. <laughs> uh, but for, for language, oh. we have so many different languages. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, challenging to do. We have made progress that there are systems that work, but still there is a long way to go, especially for generation of um, uh, poems or even yeah, texts that can look like a coherent, semantically accurate text. Mm-hmm. On that note, I think we can go to a song here, which is cool because it was composed entirely by AI, including the lyrics. So I think it's an interesting combination. Can we put that and then we discuss? It's called Magic Man by again the Sky J. Clearly has a way to go with lyrics, huh? Magic Man by Saige. And as I said before, this was completely uh, composed by a hum- um, an AI, including the lyrics. And I asked you um, here in the studio to listen to the lyrics carefully to try and pick up some of the, what was being said. You, what's your opinion on that? Did you pick up anything? Uh, 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 I was wondering what language was that. <laughs> uh, but 
Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Was the singer <laughs> AI as well? Or? No, wasn't. The, the singer wasn't. I don't know, it wasn't so clear. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I so, very well. that's exactly what I found it so interesting because actually the lyrics don't mean anything. It was mm. just like random words here and there that didn't quite sound like English but just had a sort of a melody to it. And that's what the AI managed to do okay. with, the, <laughs> with the lyrics and the language and the, and the song. And it's just very funny because if you're not paying attention to it, like you weren't at the beginning, mm. you're just like, yeah, this is just a normal song. And then you look at it closely yeah. and suddenly it's like, well, what? What are they saying? What is I that? I couldn't understand a word. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, it's interesting here to note uh, that Italian song, which is <laughs> completely made up of sounds that sound like English, but doesn't contain a single English word. Yeah. And that's written by a human, by the way. Yeah, you showed it. I think we played it here at some point. Didn't I think we? we have. Yeah, it's a yeah. big, it's a real favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I know. Actually, it was uh, my housemate who played it. She's uh, she's Austrian, but she knows some Italian. And at some point, when she was still learning Italian, she <laughs> came across this like, oh, whoa, this is so confusing, because it does sound kind of English. But anyway, okay, um, yeah, strange, <laughs> strange things. Uh, what? Why? Why does this happen? Why do do we have this difference between one thing and and the other? And what can be improved in terms of text to make it better or have a better algorithm for it? Well, um, to be honest, there, there are latest improvements as well mm -hmm. with all the models from. OpenAI, they have been really good at, uh, yeah, let's say creating new text, but of course still they are, you know, based on existing representations of text and they're trying to, yeah, mimic that. So they're not really creative there mm -hmm. because I'm not sure how you can be creative in language unless you want to be creative. Uh, I know that makes sense, but... Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, language is complicated. We all mean different things, perhaps, with what we say, and that's really a challenge to somehow transfer it to the computer. Uh, add that with all the phenomena of language, right? Also metaphors, right? Especially in poems, you see a lot of these, then yeah, b people are trying to interpret them, uh, let alone for, for a machine, it would be more challenging. Mm -hmm. Also, all the context knowledge, let's say, that people have, that if there is a sentence saying that today I saw your mother something, let's say that immediately as humans we understand lots of things, right? That, uh, yeah, um, happened today, there's a temporal dimension there, I saw a person, that person is related to the person I was referring to. So, yeah, all this, you know, context which, you know, it's really complex, cannot be just conveyed to uh, an algorithm in a simple way, thinking that, you know, machines are just understanding zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, we still have a long way to go there. There is progress, but, uh, yeah, think about Siri. It's better than it was before. <laughs> uh, but, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, especially for the creativity, I think, yeah, it's still a big uh, barrier. Yeah. What really interested me about what Jerry said before the break was that uh, with language, you kind of have to, you, 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 you can, you know, run, I mean, you can run your models on one language. And with image, you have every image ever taken as a potential, you know, addition to the database. So with image, I guess uh, there was there was an advantage from the very beginning because you had access to every, um, you know, larger databases, whereas for language, as far as I understand, you have to com com you have to compile databases by language. And I don't know how much the transfer would transfer from language to language. 
Jerry, I don't know, um, maybe you could come yeah, up Yeah, again, that. very good question, right? So people have been trying that with uh, machine translation and different models. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Mostly it doesn't work, let's be honest. Oh. Uh, but there is a whole field of research, right? Transfer yeah. learning, how to... Most of our algorithms work on English because that's where you have many resources, many uh, things to apply on. But then, of course, there are all these other languages around the world, low-resource languages, so we don't have many resources there, and people are trying to apply what we can do for English to do these languages. But, um, yeah, it's not easy, not straightforward because of all the problems, but, yeah, it's a very nice active area of research. But I feel also like language is not just about understanding the the logic within language itself, but also the associations that you make between language and visuals and language and sounds. Or at least for me, when I think about um, the language that I speak, so I speak English, Portuguese and Spanish, I associate different images to words in different languages. And the way that one sentence sounds in one's language in one language is never the same completely in the in another language. There are different maps that are used. So for me, it's always very odd when I hear something like scientists talking about understanding language for AI, focusing only on that, because to me, it's so much more than that. Do you, what do you have to say as an artist? Uh, well, I would, I would that? agree it's so much more. So mm. I, I just think in, um, in fantasy and future scenarios as well. So I, I don't know if it's likely to happen um, in the next 10 years, but I can imagine that if if we go on like this, that maybe this scenario of that the the AI can understand also that context and all the the interactions between uh, your senses, then um, it truly becomes possible to to create with AI the same creativity as as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more the question if um, what would that mean? You know, it's interesting to to talk about it. Like uh, many people discuss the topic of what will human beings do then? Mm-hmm. And I always think about will we be partly kind of half like a robot or maybe not even half, but just like some things integrated that we, mm-hmm. and we don't even know that evolution going on and maybe in 100 years the people who are living then don't even notice that they changed mm. or something but and i think that's already happening i remember reading an article mm. a time ago no some time ago where some neuroscientists were analyzing how memory works and they found that memory is works in different way nowadays than 50 years ago because of google because nowadays, instead of trying to pay attention to certain things and sticking with your memory, you just have, oh, I'm going to access Google. And mm-hmm. that literally changed the way your brain looks like. Oh, it's, it's a problem if we use yeah. suddenly would go offline fully. Mm-hmm. So then would be a big, big problem. Um, we'd, we would really quickly have to adapt again to, to the old situation. But I, I sometimes imagine, but it's just my fantasies that... Um, like um, uh, power supply changes and the wires uh, disappear and it's all integrated and we all all our um, I don't know our internet and Google networks would be integrated into our skin mm-hmm. and uh, a wireless uh, situation fully uh, so that is like a science fiction scenario mm-hmm. I, I often uh, see which has already been discussed I think there's a lot of companies who are asking if the the people that work there want to have their chip like chips on their skin so they can just access and open the doors and do yeah. and like pay with their bank card already like an implanted yeah but, but then the next thing yeah. would be that like if we um would um 
if maybe giving birth would change into making copies mm -hmm. then then it would work because you know you also have to grow these chips and everything and <laughs> it has to be also organic material then yeah yeah mm -hmm. oh it's so frightening but, oh no it's cool <laughs> i find it frightening <laughs> but before we were talking about um uh how it would be like for for the ai to integrate all of the different senses and there is a wonderful example that i think hope i think we'd still have time for that it's um it's a film that was fully written by an ai as well and it's it's a frankenstein really because you can see that it could it could have worked just a soundtrack or just the visuals but when it's all put together it's rather absurd and yeah i think we can play that and then talk about it uh, it's called zone out by benjamin we play we played a different film last time called summer something benjamin's an ai yeah benjamin is an ai it's a very regular name <laughs> funny story is it wasn't called benjamin wanted to call it Adam? Seriously? Well, sure. The only way I can find out where this is from, this thing won't stop. Oh, yeah. There must be some business in my compass. describe a bit the film because we don't have enough time to watch the entire thing so basically the process that they went through to make the film uh was by well they did it just the same way as the, uh, the other films so they fed a lot of different films to inspire the ai and he wrote the script but this time it didn't just wrote How the script but it also kind of acted on Are the film because sure they asked different actors to give different facial expressions and at the beginning they wanted to you use their voices as well but that didn't quite work so th that's why you have, have this weird voice now and then I they used um, deep to fake to insert the faces of I'm the actors into footage that the ai was given and then the ai edited what it had to to act in the film and yeah it's quite funny we're not going to be able to listen to it right now because it's at the end of the film but uh, there's a bit where it's this kind of horror story and there's just a single head in a laboratory and someone enters and then there's very random talk you don't quite understand and then the head is like ha 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 ha, ha with a <laughs> ai voice and so 
just very odd. I recommend. I'd, I'd say everyone should watch that film to understand what state AI is right now, because sometimes it feels like oh, it's like so so good and so well um, advanced, and then sometimes like oh, what is this? Did you see this video of this actor changing into all these famous actors? No, I oh, should watch. It. Oh, with the one with the car, and then no, it goes. No, it's through. just like oh, no. um, like. Frontal view oh, okay. of, a, of a no, I haven't. I of a to, guy, and then that. he changes into Robert De Niro and yeah. DiCaprio, and it's it's so real. It's <laughs> very cool. good. Yeah. But well, sadly now we have to finish with this discussion. We have to end it because it's a uh, goodbye time. Before we do so, I'm just going to have a very brief cultural agenda here. Uh, so on Tuesday, December 3rd at 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. Vida Power has gonna, is going to do a premiere at the Lumière with all the films that they helped um, people produce throughout this year. So definitely check it out. It's quite cool. Um, there is an artificial intelligence student general lecture series at the UM. It goes from Thursday 31st and then October 7th, 14th, 21st and 28th of November from half past seven to half past nine it's already everything it's sold out there because you have to register but you can still register for the standby list and i think you can walk in for sure because i remember when last time and not everyone the registers go to the lectures and it's worthwhile going just check out their website and there is the build the city pitch workshop tomorrow at 5 p.m until 9 30 p.m at the code 043 and with that we say goodbye uh thank you so much for both of you to for being here uh yeah (laughs) thank you r2v for giving us the space and code 043 for supporting us and yeah see you next time and up next there is a another song called automatica robot versus music it's also made by human but there's robots playing instruments which is cool
luistert naar RTV Maastricht. 87.5 op de kabel, 107.5 in de ether. Dit is Francis Dix met het Radio Nieuws. Een oud Bosnisch-Servische militair moet 20 jaar de gevangenis in... omdat hij 57 Bosniërs in brand heeft gestoken tijdens de oorlog in de jaren 90. De slachtoffers waren moslim, 26 kwamen om het leven. De 64-jarige Radomir Sushnjar werd door de rechtbank in Bosnië-Herzegovina... ook veroordeeld voor het illegaal opsluiten van burgers. Hij zat jaren ondergedoken in Frankrijk, werd opgespoord en zat daar vier jaar vast. Vorig jaar werd hij uitgeleverd aan Bosnië-Herzegovina. Uit onderzoek blijkt dat het Nederlands Waddenfonds sinds de oprichting in 2007 zo'n 